When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From The Athletic, I'm Jeff Schwartz. I'll tell you what events really matter at the NFL Combine, whether or not Julie Edelman and Tom Brady are playing mind games this offseason, and we'll tell you what getting the franchise tag really means to an NFL player. It's Tuesday, March 3rd, and this is Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You. Welcome back, everyone. I'm back from vacation. All y'all are back from a wonderful weekend. NFL Combine dominated uh, our minds. Tom Brady, Julie Edelman, all of that. Gabe Goodwin, welcome in. Glad to have you today. Thank you. I watched more video of you on your Mexican vacation than the NFL Combine, <laughs> and we will get into that right away. There is a lot more to break down with you and uh, Maya Riviera, wherever you were, than whatever the hell I was watching in Indy. Here's the thing, man. The NFL Combine is nothing more than a good TV show. Okay, we are learning absolutely nothing watching these guys run around in their underpants. I refuse to believe that this is a real event that scouts actually take seriously. <laughs> By the way, Joe Burrow and Chase Young, the top two picks, they agree. They sat this one out. Chase Young said, I don't want to waste time trying to be a combine athlete. You know what? He's right. All you can do is get hurt, say something dumb, or screw up an event that costs you a whole bunch of money in the draft. Any star should skip this event. It's fun to watch, but it's a complete and utter waste of time for scouting. Okay, I think you made a good point there to, to, to Hell in the middle, yeah. of, in the middle of the rambling. Um, the combine more often than not hurts players than makes makes uh, them money, right? And here's why: you, you pretty much we'll start from the physical side first because that's what we see, right? I told you guys this before: the medical and the interview part that are that we do not see as as viewers of the combine because now the combine's in prime time. That matters the most, okay? So we'll start to the physical stuff. Scouts already know with relative accuracy what you're going to run at the combine, right? What what your physical limitations are, what your physical talents are. They pretty much know what you're going to do at the combine when you step up to run that 40 or when you do your three cone or when you do your, your, your position. So most of the time, 
the combine just confirms what scouts already knew. So if you're Chase Young, you're Joe Burrow, you know, you're even Isaiah Simmons, who who at 220 pounds ran a 439. He's a linebacker, right? Out of Clemson. Amazing. You don't really have to run. They know what you can do. It's for other guys that need to show that they can move at a certain weight, that they're able to do position drills at this weight or that weight, or there's questions about their, their lateral quickness, or there's questions about the speed. So what the combine does is it either reaffirms what scouts already know, or it forces scouts to go back and watch the film if the numbers that you put up don't match exactly what they see on film. So if you're a guy, for example, who um, there's a wide receiver out of Colorado, LaVisca Chenault. Now, he has to get core core surgery after this, so that affected his 40 time, but he ran a much slower 40 time than he showed on the field, right? And on the field, he's out of Colorado. I watched a bunch of his games. He is super fast. He runs by everybody, okay? But his, his 40 time would indicate that he does not run by everybody at that position. So scouts have to go back. Now, of course, he was hurt, so I, I want to throw that in there. I'm just using his this general idea as an example. But scouts would have to go back and be like, what, why is his 40 number slower than his film? Like, what's the reason for that? And do we expect that to be the a problem in the NFL? So that's what the physical part of the combine is for. Again, you pretty much know what guys are going to do entering the day. You, you've watched them play for three years now. You know if they're fast. You know if they're quick. You know if they're big. You know if they're strong. So just it, it reaffirms what scouts or, you know. Now, now I want to say one thing about you know, guys not participating in the combine. A lot of the players are very competitive, right? And it's hard to tell them if you're an agent or you're an advisor to not run in the combine. A lot of guys want to break records. A lot of guys want to show out. And they're competitive. And they're going to do it, Gabe. They, they want to, to be part of the combine. I agree with you, though. They're like the top 15 guys, they don't have to work out. But, you know, you, you have a, a, a guy that, that's, that, that's competitive, Okuda from Ohio State, right? He said that he wanted to, to break records, right? Like, like that has been his, his, um, his, his motivation during this whole thing was that he wanted to, to break records of players at his position. And so he wanted to run the combine. He didn't have to run. He's still been in the top five pick if he didn't run at all, but he wanted to get in. So there are players that just personal pride, they want to work out the combine. Okay, that's cool. I mean, whatever it takes to motivate yourself. I'm just saying that even if you do very well, here's something you hear a lot, right? Okay, guy from some random school surprises everyone, runs a much faster 40 than anyone expected. Wow, holy crap, who's this guy? And we all spend a couple hours. And then after the joy of that has sort of made its way through Twitter, you get someone like, you know, Deion Sanders or you know, Marshall Falk come on TV and go, yeah, but let me see him do it in pads on game day. And then it invalidates <laughs> anything we just watched. Yeah. And it's like just this wah, wah comes down. Well, are they right? Like, is that a fair uh, analysis? I, it, it Again, and this is, I think that they're not, they're not saying this um, with the eloquence that probably needs to be said, but in the end, the film matters the most, right? So if you have a guy that, again, to my point about LaVisca Chenault, is that like if you have a guy that runs really fast and you don't expect him to run as fast, you have to go back and watch the film, especially if it's a cornerback position or wide receiver or safety or something where you're you're running, right? Running back and you say, well, why did this show up on film? Is he is is the player slow out, you know, if he's a defensive back, right? Is he slow reading the coverage? So therefore he's late breaking on, you know, um, uh, not coverage. He's slow to, to read routes. And is he late breaking on a wide receiver? So he doesn't look as fast as he runs in the combine. Does he take poor angles? 
pursuit angles. That's why he's not as fast as he ran at the combine. So to their point, yes, you have to go back and watch, but the combine is a small it's a small nugget of information along the entire process, right? You have the film, the interviews, the medicals are hugely important. You have the combine, you have pro day, you have senior bowl, you have background checks, you have all these different things that go into your combine folder or not combine folder, your prospect kind of folder for every single prospect. The combine, again, typically reaffirms what people already thought about you. It can help a couple of guys. You saw Bakai Becton, 364-pound lineman out of Louisville, run a 5-1-40, run a 1-8-4, 10-second uh, split. Um, yeah, so you know, look, he was already going to be probably a top 15 pick. They probably put him in the top 15 now. Um, so there's you know guys like that every now and then that kind of move up maybe five or 10 spots. But more often than not, guys stay the same or they drop back. You, you really don't have guys that climb like full rounds um or they really shouldn't if they do then you're probably gonna miss on that guy and there's a couple guys names floating around that, that seem to most on the quarterback side i think but guys you know that are a full round higher now after they worked out that's a recipe for a mistake and, and too high of a draft pick yeah your your eyes will deceive you so let me ask you this though before we switch gears because i think this is kind of this point in the year in the calendar, this is kind of all we have to talk about, right? This is the yeah. only action that they can run on the, on the networks now. What about, uh, you know, some of the, the lesser-known guys, the guys who are those mid-round picks? And and I'll ask you, because you've shared yeah. some pictures of you running at the Combine. You had great flow, by the way. Oh, hair was great. Yeah, really, really nice. Um, you know, you were not a top 15 pick. You're a hell of a player. Uh, people knew who you were coming out of college. You came from a big school. You had a great career. But you were not a top five, 15 pick. So... What was it like for you, and is there something to gain for guys more in your range? You know, a lot of people had questions about my strength and that I didn't bench at the combine. I'll, I'll tell you a, a good story about that. So uh, September of my senior year, now, I, I'll go back. I've never been a great bench presser. It's never been my thing. Even at the, at the top when I was in the NFL and I'm stronger, got the grown man strength, right? Like, I did 365, like, once, okay? Like, it never is my thing. I did I – did, 225, which is the standard combine test, like 27 times, I think. So I got my strength up to where it was acceptable at some point. So in college, September of my senior year, um, I had a wrist injury. So when you bench press, you typically lock your thumb kind of you know, around the bar, right? It kind of attaches the bar into your hands, and then you bench, okay? Or your thumb is maybe on the outside, but whatever. Your thumb kind of helps you do that jeff and, you don't have to explain bench pressing uh, to me i mean i know this is an audio <laughs> format but one good look at me everyone will understand i do a lot of bench pressing yes so basically i my wrist was messed up i couldn't lock my thumb on, on the bench i'm lifting 225 it fell out of my hands called a suicide grip fell out of my hands hit my chest while i was lifting the week we played michigan and basically for lack of better i basically like fractured my sternum okay and wow. um i was so embarrassed that I didn't tell, I only told one trainer and I didn't, I told him not to tell anyone. So I, no one knew. I played the entire season this way. They created like a plate for me to wear under my, under my shoulder pads. It was so bad at practice that week. I was crying at practice in pain. Like I just didn't, I was so embarrassed. I didn't tell anyone. So I didn't bench. I, I managed to skirt my way out of benching the entire season. So I show up in Nashville for combine training. I get three reps of 225 in January. And I eventually got to like 17 or 18 by the time we had to go for the combine. And I didn't bench at the combine. We told him I had like a pec injury. And that hurt me. So I I, I was drafted seventh round. I talked to the Panthers player, uh, 
the scouting director a couple years after I drafted, he said, yeah, you never benched. We thought you weren't very strong. That led us to drop you in the draft. So I think that, that for certain players, if there's question marks about them and you don't do the drill they want you to do, they're going to drop you down. Now, I ran an okay time, 5'3", 330 pounds, whatever. My my 10 actually was really good at one, 178. That's that's important for offensive linemen. Um, but like that hurt me. That I they had a specific question about me as a later round pick. I did not answer their question, and it hurt that I didn't do that. Okay, that's the, all fascinating stuff. And so you said at the beginning of this segment that the physical stuff that we see on TV is actually less important. So that was a lot of insight into the how people make decisions and what it can impact to a mid round guy. So talk to us about a few of the conversations you have. We hear these quotes come out, and some of them in, in past years have been really kind of jarring and weird, what what kind of things people get asked. <laughs> yeah. So give us some examples of what you, you're calling the more important stuff, the conversations behind the yeah. scenes. So, you know, you have um, up to up to 15 um, instances where you can have a private interview at the Combine. So you go into a room for 15 minutes with the entire staff, of said team, coach, GM, front office personnel, scouts, position coach, whatever it is. You get up to 15 of those. Then otherwise you have, Wait, you hard, sorry, up. sorry to interrupt you. Each player gets 15 choices uh, or each no, team gets each, 15 guys they get to talk to? Or it lasts uh, 15 minutes. I'm sorry, I misunderstood uh, what you said. All, 15, okay. So each player gets up to 15 private interviews and they last 15 minutes long. I do not know how the teams, how they dole out the interviews. Like I don't know if, if 30 teams put a request in for Chase Young which 15 teams get them, I, I don't know. Um, or, or which, you know, how does that work? I, I don't know. Well, but I mean, we don't need 30 teams to talk to Chase Young because about four teams might even have a chance at him. So, correct, okay, correct. Fair but, the reason, but the reason why those interviews are put in place is because they want to stress you. So a lot of times they, they get you on the board, you know, they draw plays, and there's a lot of guys that they have specific questions about, whether it's drug use, that you know, they fail a drug test, they have um, some sort of... Uh, incident in the you know, police record, some you know, something else they find a, they, on a background check, they find something out about you. Um, they typically are trying to press you to see how you handle the pressure of that environment. I only had one, and that's actually a good indication, by the way, of whether or not you're 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 viewed as a top prospect. My brother had 12 second round draft pick. I had one of his interviews. And my interview it wasn't that bad. I was with Seattle, Mike Holmgren. They pulled up a clip against Washington State and said, hey, why weren't you playing hard on this play? Like, they knew, you know, I watched my entire film, and I wasn't. I mean, they, they were right. Um, I just, it, it, it wasn't as good as I needed to be. So, I answer, answer, answer honestly. We saw this clip come out of Trey Adams this week. Um, it shouldn't have been leaked. I was kind of upset to see that it got leaked, but it did. Um, and, you know, they asked him what, what he, you know, what he wants to change about himself, and he answered he wants a bigger uh, something on his body. Um, so just just be honest. If you can't have an answer, be honest. And that's what they're looking for, honesty and being able to handle the pressure of those interviews. Hmm. That doesn't seem like the answer I would give that I knew would then get out. I would have said something else. Well, they're not supposed to get out. That was um, – I don't think I've seen a, a leaked interview ever, a private interview like that. Um, someone must have thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, it sounds like these interviews go a lot like uh, best man speeches. Like, unless you're genuinely funny – don't try to be funny in this situation. Just be sincere, be succinct, say something smart, and get the hell out of there because yeah. nobody's nobody's looking to watch yeah. people blush. And, and I will say, like I, I prepped. It was in Dallas a couple weeks ago. And I prepped some of the kids for this this process. And I just told them be authentic, be yourself. Andy Reid says says um, always tells his players, well, let your personality shine before every game. He tells everyone that. 
So let your personality shine. So if you are, to your point, if you're not a jokester, then don't joke. If you're not a funny guy, don't be funny. Just be yourself. Answer questions honestly. Um, but the most important thing is the medicals. You, 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 every team, they group the teams together. At least when I was through the process, there's six rooms, five teams in a room. They go over your entire medical history. They prod, they, they, they prod your body. They poke it. They move it in different directions. They order a ton of MRIs. Like I had five MRIs. Um, and then that's, that's, that's the biggest part of it. And this is why the combine started was so a centralized place where they can do physicals for everyone. And all of that is there, the team requesting it. Do you have the ability to say, no, thank you? Like what, what, what are your I mean, rights I, in that I mean, process? I mean, I, I guess you could, but I, I don't think ever any player's ever done that. Okay. So it'd be like pleading the fifth. Like then people would sort of go like, oh yeah, yeah. He wouldn't let us scan his elbow. <laughs> there must be something wrong with um, his elbow. They found, I injured my knee. In college, my left knee, I didn't miss any time. As a freshman, I should say. True freshman. Injured my knee as a true freshman. Played four years. Never bothered me since it happened. Missed no practice, missed no time. Barely got any treatment for it. And they found it in the, like, as someone was feeling up on my knee. They found, like, oh, that's a little loose here. MRI, boom. That's how, that's how simple it is. Hmm. Well, sounds like that guy who talked about wishing he had a bigger stuff down there. He didn't even have to reveal that. They were going to find it themselves. <laughs> That's the way the way it works sometimes with those x-rays is um they're uh very visible to see. Yeah. Guess my, so. my wife has made jokes about this. She's in the nursing profession and she's made jokes about how um you can see everything on those x-rays. You sure can. I remember a few years ago somebody wanting to prove, you know, transparency and show what happened to their injury actually accidentally revealed their junk. You recall this? This is findable on Twitter. Somebody, it was a big name guy, shared a like he had a hip injury or something. Yeah, and the hip, he the hip is it, the easiest one to see. Shared the MRI, and there it was, just staring right back at us. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of uh, transparency, I guess is the segue. Did you see this video of Tom Brady and Julian Edelman hanging out at a basketball game? Oh, yeah. Courtside with Jimmy Fallon. Okay. Was it Sy- wasn't it at Syracuse too? It was like a, like a, why would they be in Syracuse? They're at a big college basketball game, sitting next to Jimmy Fallon, next to the court on ESPN, and they're FaceTiming Mike Vrabel in the middle of all of this. Okay. <laughs> so just picture that. If you haven't seen that video, go find it. There's millions of views of it on Twitter. It's as ridiculous as it sounds. All of this is happening while Tom Brady is playing coy. And acting like, you know, it's a big mystery where he's going to end up next year. And as if it couldn't get even stupider and weirder, and this guy couldn't be even more of a, an attention hound, in the middle of this video, shot by cam- network cameras, okay? They're right up close on Edelman and Brady, and Edelman, joking around, looking right into the camera, says, he's coming back, he's coming back. And Brady stares at him for a comedic beat and says, no, he's not. Now, Tom Brady is 0% funny. So there was no joke in this. He was no, just, Tom, Tom, Tom didn't. I don't think Tom said anything. He said, no, he's not. Go watch the video. I'm, I'm uh, not some Reddit guy. This is right there for everyone to see. Uh, he, whatever you say. He mouths, no, he's not. As in, no, I'm not coming back to New England. And he said it right into the camera for everyone to see at this game in front of thousands. All of this, I'll shut up in a second, but all of this is evidence of the fact that Tom Brady is treated differently than every other athlete on the planet. I don't need to do a what if 
here, but what if that had been LeBron James during one of his free agencies? What if LeBron James was sitting courtside at some game, yucking it up with a former teammate, and mouthing that he's not coming back to Cleveland or Miami or wherever it was at the time? Can you imagine the head explosions the next day on all these morning shows? And yet, with Tom Brady, we're all like, gee, I wonder where he will end up. Huh. Well, where should he play? We take it seriously and we give him respect. I don't know why he's earned this respect. Why, why aren't we treating him the same way we would treat LeBron or any other star in the NFL if they did this? I mean, he's earned respect because he's Tom freaking Brady. He's oh, six Super Bowls. Shut up! And I know you hate, as a New England Patriots hater and um, as someone who despises them and hates Tom Brady to their core, I understand why you'd be upset about this. Look, very simply, Tom Brady just wants Bill Belichick to call him and say he loves him. Like it's it's that simple. It's all it's all this is. All this is is he wants Tom, he wants Bill Belichick to call to pick up the phone and be like Tom, I want you in New England. That's all he wants. It's not gonna happen. He wants the he wants the the Patriots to give him some attention. Look at I, I keep going back. We've talked about this so much this offseason. Is the best situation for him is in New England. Now I think there's a I think there's a a big gap in the amount of years that Belichick would want to offer Tom Brady. I think Brady wants a three year deal. I think Belichick wants to go year by year. But in the end, the best place for him is New England. Right? He's obviously been there his whole career. He knows the routine. He doesn't have to show up in the offseason. He knows Belichick. He trusts Belichick. He trusts Josh McDaniels. Right? His family's there. All of it makes perfect sense why he stayed. Why he would stay. Okay. He just wants New England to give him some love. He wants he want and, it, and it's it, and it's a, it's a weird ask because Belichick is that's, that's not his personality, right? He's not a guy that goes out of his way to show love to his players. But that's what he wants. He wants some love. And I'll tell you this: I've been through free agency. I've done it as a middle tier offensive guard. Okay, it's awesome. It's awesome that everyone wants you. It's awesome that people are calling your agent. I had nine teams call my agent the morning. It's actually the morning of my wedding, weirdly enough. But the morning of my wedding, when free agency opened up, I had nine people call. You know how cool that is to have nine teams call and say, hey, we want Jeff Schwartz, right? And you all these people writing articles about you, like the best free agent card available is Jeff Schwartz, right? Like Tom Brady, he loves all that right now. He's soaking it in. But in the end, he just wants to go home. But he wants them to want, like deeply want him back. Okay, I'm sorry. Where in his bruised small ego is there a hole that needs to be filled with adulation and respect we're not allowed to speak about this guy without pointing out his six rings and and his brilliant career what what does he, he but need he wants to... belichick he wants his belichick to acknowledge that okay that's never gonna happen right that it's, guy it's, has it's a hole where a but i do think that in the end robert Kraft will will make it happen but i think in right now He's enjoying. He he knows, by the way, that he is the holdup. He's the one who is paralyzing free agency right now. No one can do anything in free agency because Tom Brady has not given his answer about where he's going to play. Well, okay, and so that's why again, I'd like everyone out there who who talks about sports for a living to just consider. What your opinion was of LeBron James or other stars? People um, don't like LeBron because they're 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 silly and they hold weird grudges. And because he he went on TV ten years ago now to announce he was going to Miami, and he by the way he donated like three million dollars during that yes. telecast. He did a lot of good, and he continues to do good. And you know what? He also has a big ego, but he's not 
Every time he does anything in public, everyone has an opinion on it. Even when bad things happen in his life, people have opinions on it. I don't understand. Tom Brady's hamming in front of a camera. Okay, he's seeking this attention. Correct. And, and the criticism doesn't follow. I don't I don't understand it. And Okay, so it's, but but fine. The Bachelor, Zuri compared this to The Bachelor. By the way, we have The Bachelor. All of sports Twitter, whole other topic for another day. Why is sports Twitter obsessed with The Bachelor? What the f*** is going I, on I, with I, The I Bachelor? Dude, I, I don't get it, man. It's like it's not only sports Twitter. It's football Twitter. Like, football Twitter loves The Bachelor, The Bachelor. I don't get it. I think they're terrible to watch. Every time my wife watches it, I just go grab my iPad and watch something else. Um it's awful. Yeah, I, don't, I can't stand I, I, I don't it. It's, understand. It feels fake. It is. I mean, it's reality TV. It, it doesn't. It's just. It's not. I, I don't like it. Okay. Well, well, we'll unpack why it is that all of our friends in the industry love The Bachelor so much. On another, they don't, day. I don't think they have kids either, right? A lot of them are just like they're kidless oh, right now. So we so we could talk down to them for that, right? I mean, I mean, how many of the people that that follow The Bachelor religiously have kids? Young. Kids? I would have guessed actually that. They're trapped in their house because of their young kids. That's the only reason I now have a lifestyle where but I might Monday have to night, watch. Though, but it's a Monday night, though. I mean, you're not really going out on Monday nights. Of course I'm not. So I'm just saying, like, I, I might feel, I might use up everything on Netflix and HBO Go in the next few weeks. I mean, I got a three-week-old. Like, I, oh, I need every kind of viewable content there is right now. Man. Oh, three-week-old. I'm oh, good. good for you. Yeah. I'm over that life. Well, thanks, pal. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're way off the rails. Can I come back to Brady for a minute before Please, we switch yes. gears? The, the Vrabel thing is real. Okay, in the middle of, of this crazy scene, I encourage people to go look at it. It's pretty obvious that Edelman, uh, who wear, is wearing, was it a John Wallace jersey? Zuri's from I Syracuse. Uh, he's, he's... I, I'm pretty sure it was a John Wallace Syracuse jersey, which okay. is the only part of this video I like. Uh, but they're FaceTiming Mike Vrabel. Who, okay, they played with him. They're friends with him. Vrabel, remember everyone, is the coach that knocked them out of the playoffs and the coach of the team that a lot of people are rumoring Tom Brady might end up in. So is there it's anything to read con. into there? I think this is all a con, dude. They're all trying to get you to talk about this for, for a week. But what? But like Edelman knows, they know what they're doing. Come on. They knew that if they, they FaceTimed Vrabel and be on television, someone would catch it, which they did. Like it's just all a big it's all a big joke to them. Ha ha. It's not negotiations aren't done via FaceTime and a Syracuse battle. They're just messing with all you guys. So this is just trolling. This is it's yes. Super Tuesday. This is just politics. Yes, Twitter yes. moved to football. That's what yes. you're telling me. Yes, it is. Okay, so I don't have to wonder then if Andy Dalton to New England is a real thing. Our buddy I mean, Sheck is all over this one. Is that I mean, real? I mean, I, I think if, if Tom Brady is not there, it could be real, yeah. But you just uh, told me you're sure he's going back. Yeah, he's going back, so, 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 it's not, it's not real. so you're not the Bears. you're not rethinking Brady to Las Vegas or no. L.A. or any of no. these things. Dalton to the to, to the Jets, your favorite team. God, okay. I'd actually, <laughs> I'd actually be open to it, but that's because I'm nuts and defeatist. Um, okay. Let's move along. There's one more topic. I, I squeezed the, the fiery Brady topic in between the two sort of meteor topics of the day. Uh, and then we've got a surprise for people. Uh, probably the biggest podcast on earth is calling Jeff Schwartz out. We're going to get to that momentarily. I don't even know if Jeff knows what I'm about to bring up. But before that, let, let's get into this. A team close to your heart. Uh, the Chiefs. They franchise tagged Chris Jones, their monster defensive lineman, star in the Super Bowl. Great player, right? Yeah. They guaranteed uh, him top D lineman money for one year as part of the franchise tag, but they did not give him a, a long-term deal, something the 25-year-old star would, of course, like. Um, this is what Chris said. 
It's like a mix of emotions because you figure, you know, um, after four years, you do everything the right way um, within the team way. And um, you try to stay under the line, out of trouble and uh, be a good citizen for for the team and for the city. You expect to be rewarded. So, you know, when you hit with a franchise tag, it can go different ways. You can feel like um, they're not valuing you or they're not valuing what you bring to the table. Or you can look at it as giving them time to get their get their horses in a in a uh, in a cage and um get something together. Okay, so those are Chris's words. Yeah. And listen, he's entitled. Obviously, I don't want to try to jump inside his head, but I got to say as a fan who doesn't fully understand this topic, I th- this one seems off to me. Um he's getting top dollar at his position, maybe even a little more cuz he's kind of really more a defensive tackle now and he might even get defensive end type money, yeah, which is yeah. a little bit more. He could ball out for another year and then sign that long-term deal. And he probably knows this is helping the team deal with Patrick Mahomes' contract, I, I think. So no, like, I don't, why why, why is he upset about this? This feels like an okay outcome. Well, the reason why players are upset about this is because they want long-term security, right? We have a short window to earn money in the NFL. And every year that goes by that we don't have that quote-unquote second contract – is one less year to earn kind of that guaranteed life-changing money. Now, Chris Jones in one year will make guaranteed life-changing money. I mean, I think the, the tag is upwards of what's probably close to $20 million, right? Um, I think so, he's, he's going to make 16 to $17 million okay. for a year. So look, obviously that's life-changing, right? I yes. Think no, we're not denying that. But players, just like I was talking about Tom Brady, right? We, we have egos, and we want to feel like the team is committed long term to us. And a franchise tag does not feel that way. It feels like ah, we're gonna we're gonna pay you one year, you know, and we'll just kind of see how it goes. And players want the security of knowing that they're set for life, long beyond the one year. And they know that if they get hurt, the team is committed to them moving forward, and they want to know that. The team believes in them. And the franchise tag, to Chris's point, feels like the team is not quite sold on you. Chris has put in the work, like he said. I think in this situation, though, they're doing it to make sure they have time to work on his new deal. There's different franchise tags or different levels of franchise tag. You know, uh, in Gawkway, the defensive end for the Jaguars said he's not coming back to Jacksonville. They're franchise tagging him because they, they like him as a player and they want to keep him. I don't think they're doing it to give him a long-term deal. I think there's if he's tried that already, it hasn't happened. He wants out, right? Chris Jones still wants into Kansas City. Yeah. So the franchise tag is used as leverage, first of all, against him, right? Hey, buddy, we're, we're you know if you don't sign this deal, you're staying on the franchise tag. But also it gives him time to work out a deal, especially if there's a new CBA, a new cap. They pay Pat Mahomes, right? There's many things they can do with the franchise tag to help the team right now, but also keep keep him in the fold. They can also trade Chris Jones at some point. They've done that before, right? We saw it, and they even they traded for Frank Clark last year. I believe it was on yeah. a franchise tag That's as right. well. So and they traded the away D Ford after D Ford, franchise yeah. tagging him, but so, Frank Clark came in. So the Chiefs are this is a very familiar situation from both yeah. sides of the ball. So the players though just want security, man. We want to know the team believes in us that they're going to pay us like they believe in us. And that, you know he's in a position that does get injured, right? He gets his legs cut underneath him. There's many opportunities for him to get hurt, and he knows that if he gets hurt and doesn't play as well this year, his market value theoretically goes down. It might not. He's a good enough player that even if he had a, a year where he was hurt half the year, I think the teams would pay him the following year. But he wants to know the team is committed to him. It doesn't feel that way. Now, there's one other situation. We talked about this many times. You know, Dak Prescott and getting a franchise tag with Dallas. That feels like both 
both or both parties lose. The team and Dak Prescott both lose there. So there can be situations where franchise tag be- benefits a team, where it benefits a player every now and then who really doesn't really deserve all that money for a single season, but they do. Or kind of in the, in the middle where I think Chris Jones is at, or then obviously where it benefits the team like in Gawkway with uh, Jacksonville. It really just benefits Jacksonville. Right? He doesn't want to be there. Well, okay, so I'm not I'm not going to take the the stance I see a lot of people take on Twitter and be sort of pro owner and you know shut up and do your job. That's more money than I make in my gig. Like that's a stupid take. But I will say this: if he got the long term deal, there's also a world where I could imagine a player like him. I'm not even going to single out Chris Jones. I don't know anything about the guy, but a player like him, a few years into a long term deal might think he's outperforming that deal and might think he's locked into a deal that isn't fair and he wants an extension or a new deal. And and suddenly the argument comes like, I'm not getting paid what I'm worth. Look at what I've done. Why am I stuck in this deal for the remainder of it? And well, which is it? You know, and I think we as fans kind of don't understand, like, do you want all the money and agree to a number and just keep the number? Or do you want to sort of play year to year and see if you can keep raising your value? Well, I understand that. I understand that feeling. You know, feeling that um, that you know that that that's the case as a fan, right? That you, you know players are continue asking for money, but you know with you know every year that the, the cap increases, it's going to increase a lot with a new TV deal. Uh, uh, you know, um, at some point, I just think that you know players they, we have a value in our head of what we want, and you know obviously we we have a leverage to ask for it. I know that I think sometimes people might feel that you know they don't have the same leverage in their job, and so maybe they're a little jealous uh, that we have leverage that we have. But I think that's you know part of it too is that some guys are able to say, hey, look, I want to make more money. You owe, you should give me more money, and in the end, it works. Sometimes it doesn't, um, but that's part of the business. And just it's something that I talk about all the time, Gabe, is that. Don't compare your business to our business. Like I don't compare my business to to what your job is, or to what Zuri's job is, or anyone else's job. My my wife's job, my parents' jobs. I don't compare that. Like we we're our own business. We have our own set of thing. The way we do things. Um, you know, for a little bit of time, my dad used to kind of, um, I don't know what the way way to put this, but he'd always try to tell me to do things like they go in the business side. Like he's in the business world. I'm like, dad, that's not, that's not the way this works. Like that's not the way it's not a locker room is not a boardroom, right? It's two different places. And so we shouldn't compare what, how we act as players for our contracts to what your job is or what your life is. They're not the same thing. Fair. That said, when I asked Zuri to do uh, bench press before hiring him, he put it up 225, 27 times. I mean, we've we've met before. That does not surprise me. No, yeah, I mean, he, and he did it. He didn't try to duck out of that exercise. He ran a three-cone drill. He was great. Um, <laughs> listen, Chris Jones, I'll just end on this. He said, this is another quote from Chris, who said, we're like Golden State in their prime, baby. And that was in reference to like what is about to be possible in Kansas city. We've talked a lot about this. I agree with Chris. They are like golden state in their prime. And the reason that they have a dynasty is because a few of their best players were getting paid a little less than maybe they could have had if they'd left the team. And I'm not, I'm never going to tell a guy to take less. That's not me. That's not my role. But if he's saying he wants to be compared to golden state, he has to acknowledge the full picture, which is that none of those guys made every single dollar that they could have. That's a sacrifice they chose to make. So yeah, it's a little different because obviously you get, you get more money in the NBA and your, your money is guaranteed. There's a big difference. If you told a player, okay, well, let me use kind of like round numbers so we can do this. Like, let's say you, 
you told a player, you get a five-year deal, okay, for $50 million, but we're only guaranteeing two years, which is typically kind of two or two and a half years. Three-year guaranteed deals are very rare outside of quarterback. Outside of quarterback. Like, like Adam and Sue got one. It's very rare to happen. By the third year, the, the Dolphins were like ready to get rid of him. Um, or you can get a four-year deal, or let's say even a five-year deal for $40 million, but you get it all guaranteed. They'll take the $40 million deal every, every single time, fully guaranteed money. Yeah, bird in the hand. Right? So, like, that's why NBA players can take less. And, of course, Steph has endorsements. Chris Jones is not getting endorsements. So, there's many other things that go into to that than just saying, well, the Warriors took less money. It's a different sport. It's hard. Just like, it's just hard to compare even within the sports how contracts are structured. All right. Fair enough. I got a bonus take for you. And it yes. comes from the best take makers alive. Uh, Big Cat and PFT from Pardon My Take. <laughs> I, Jeff, I don't know if, if this is a Twitter listener or an intern that they pay to listen to other podcasts or what happened, but the fellas, it seems, have been listening to this show. Uh, a couple weeks ago while we were on break, they they brought up you, my friend, and they brought up a very specific thing about you that was a surprise <laughs> to all of us on this show. And I'm just going to I'm going to play the take and we're going to talk about it on the other end. I need the, our audience to hear this for the first time. This is uh, the guys from Pardon My Take. Uh, you know what I heard? Jeff Schwartz, huge EDM fan. Really? Massive, massive. Geoff? Geoff Schwartz, <laughs> when he's when he's not defending his brother on Twitter. Or talking about technique of offensive linemen, high school right. offensive linemen. Can you imagine Jeff? While listening to Diplo. Like, Jeff Schwartz at a Diplo concert, <laughs> front row, probably wearing like a wife beater, uh, the smallest oval sunglasses that you've ever seen in your Dude, life. Dude, could you imagine Jeff Schwartz if he was in a, uh, if he, this is way too much Geoff Schwartz talk. Uh, shout out Jeff. Uh, if he was in a mosh pit, like an offensive lineman's technique in a mosh pit, yeah. just pancaking people left and right, throwing people around, <laughs> just doing the whirlwind, the the uh, the windmill. All right, Geoff, what'd they get right uh, about this take? What'd they get wrong about this well, take? Well, I'm I I heard this when it happened, and I'm I'm very glad that so, I'm I'm just like I'm shocked that someone listens to the show that like got back to them about this. Like that was like I was pumped to hear that. That was like awesome. That was people listening to the podcast, sharing the podcast. Um, no, it would be very surprising. I don't tweet about it very often. Talk about it very often. I told you guys this before. It comes from my wife. I have a video of her from Super Bowl that uh, we're we're at the Chainsmokers concert, and she's just getting after it. She's dancing and raving around, and I post about thirty second clip. I post the video on Twitter, and she made me take it down because she didn't want her um, <laughs> her like people she works with, her employees, to see it. Even though there's nothing wrong with it. Um, it's just like a little... It's for my wife, man. And she, my wife has been to uh, Electric Daisy Carnival in Vegas. And so we listen to music at the house. The kids listen to it. I get into it. I like it. I've told you this before, though. I only go to like an EDC or an Ultra if I can sit the whole time. Like, I'm not standing <laughs> for hours on end. I'm just, I'm just not doing it. So I'm very specific with my what I would do at, at one of these concerts. So if you can, if I'm down to go, guys, if you want to go, Big Cat, PFT, if we all, all want to go to Vegas or Ultra Miami, which happens, I think, actually really soon, a couple of weeks, um, we VIP, get a couple tables, get some chairs, um, a lot of water bottles, and uh, I'm in. All Let's right, do so, it. so in honor of them, then, I want to know, we'll, we'll put the invite out, but I want a Mount Rushmore of sports podcast hosts you would want to go to an EDM show with. So give me four names. Oh, man. Yeah. Sports podcast uh, EDM. Um, well, it should um, be one of the guys. I mean, if you're not picking Big Cat or PFT yeah, right out of well, the gate, that's an yeah. insult. Well, I, I 
Both of them would be would would. No, uh, you got to pick one. There's, only, you can't have only, both of them. Only one of them. Oh, only one of well, them. Well, I mean, you know, that's how Mount Rushmore's work, as far as I understand it. I feel like you know, probably probably uh, PFT would be more drunk and more belligerent at one of those things. Interesting. Okay, and, and you think like, that's a plus but, or a minus? Because you're the one who's sitting still at the well, EDM. Yeah, show. but I, but I'm with I'm with my wife who's getting after it. Um, I'm used to handling that. Um, even though, um, oh man. This is a tough one. Um, I think he would have. I think he'd have more fun at that event. You think he throws himself I, into it more fun? Yeah, I think Big Cat and I would have great. Would have better discussions about like sports and. But I think I think PFT would in, would fully immerse himself in the in the culture of of a of a of a carnival. Okay, so now it's it's you and PFT. Oh, You've got two uh, more tickets. Who, to use. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't um I mean, I'd go for the obvious names. You want Bill Simmons there with you? I mean, I don't think Bill would enjoy it. How about Mina? Your friend Mina Kimes has a sports podcast. It's terrific. Yeah, I listen to, yeah, I listen to ESPN Your buddy Daily. Dave, Dave Damashek could come. I, would, I mean, I would I I would go with Dave cuz I like Dave. I'm just trying to think of people of 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 hosts that would actually enjoy this. I feel like Dave would would have enough material to make it like hard to really talk, funny though. hard to get into like 1970s Steelers trivia while <laughs> Diplo's bumping you know yeah but Dave would make Dave and like cousin Sal would make great material out of it it would be like it'd be great to just joke about for years okay like but that, Sal not you know not a party animal not no, a huge Sal, drinker no, or anything I, like that no so but is he does, is Dave drinking too like is Dave into it like, I don't it know to that's be... his choice <sighs> okay so I don't. I don't think Mina. This is like a. I feel like I'm. I'm in a. I'm an island here with sports podcasts that listen to EDM music. Um, can I take? I think. Should I take producer Matt? That'd be amazing. Yes. 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 Matt you should be, bring our producer Matt. Okay. I, I, for sure, put bring Matt in that because I think that would be incredible. Um, Paula Duca. Oh God! Okay, now I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna wrap here. I, I think I it's Polly. Polly, um, it's got to be included in this. So Polly, Polly, Polly loves to dance. Like Polly dances. Oh, I'm aware. Everywhere. Um, so we have PFT Damashek and Paula Duca. And what Matt happened Ford? to Matt? Matt's out. No, Matt. That's four. That's the four of us. The four dudes. I don't know. We need a, a lady in there. So I gotta throw someone. I don't even know who else. It's got to be people that would enjoy because my wife's going to be there too. I assume in the Mount Rushmore. How many tickets do dancing. you think we can get, Jeff? I'm I'm volunteering to stake this endeavor. I will um, buy the tickets to wherever Diplo plays. Um, yeah, the, let's see what night. Let's see what night he's playing at the uh, at the uh, Vegas EDC concert. All right, you you um, Google when we can get to Diplo. Right now, I'm I'm just going to put it out there that your boy PFT is invited. Damashek's invited. Well, Big Cat's invited too. I mean, we gotta, we we gotta. I don't think so. It sounded like you didn't really want you want to hang with him on a Sunday. It sounds like PFT's the guy you want to party with. That's Let's what I here. heard. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, but again, like I, I, I'm not going to just like. I don't I'm not really partying. I'm sitting in a chair listening to music. Like it's it's not like uh, <laughs> like, I'm not, like that's that's my wife's deal. My wife is, is getting after it like that. They, they brought uh, up they brought up you in a mosh pit pancaking people. I would do that. I'd have fun doing that. Just that, hitting people. I haven't hit people in a while. It could be a lot of fun. Are you are you feeling well enough to do that right now? I mean, I'm, you I'm, went to Mexico and you got yeah, a cold. I'm, uh, snuff, I'm sniffling. I got, you got Tiesto Saturday night. That's highlighting Saturday night. Um, when is this? There's he a- dropped some. He dropped some good stuff. He dropped some good stuff last time on the EDC. Um, it is going to be on uh, May I think 15th, 16th, 17th in Vegas. 
Yeah, at the Vegas Motor Speedway. So what you do is... 900 degrees. What are you talking about? No, it's a, you go at night. You helicopter oh, in. it'd be 4 degrees. You helicopter in at night. And then you just like, you know, my wife, she went. It's awesome. She had a ton of fun. Um, so... All right. Well, whoever tweeted that got uh, Big Cat and PFT listening, do it again. Let them know that uh, Jeff, is, Jeff is going. EDC in May in Vegas at night. I'm I'm buying tickets. I will get if if Leduc is going, I'm going. <laughs> oh, Paulie's going. Pa- All right. So forget Mount Rushmore. <laughs> We're looking at like double wide Mount Rushmores. Eight or so dudes sweating in the desert. Plus Jeff's wife. That's who's going. She has to go. Like I, I she'll she'll disown me if she doesn't get to go to the, this uh this free concert. All right. We're tell doing. tell the fellas over there at, at uh, PMT to reserve the night. We will be there. Let's do move the line. Um, I've got a few more football <laughs> topics for you, and then we're going to talk Mexico. This show, I by the way, I don't know what we're up to in time-wise. Hopefully, Zuri will just let it run. Um, we'll do move the line quickly, though, so that we don't have to chop this show down. Uh, I want to know, odds OBJ retires early to become a broadcaster, over under 50%. Zero. He's not, I don't want him to be a broadcaster. Well, do you know why I'm asking? Because it probably has a Tony Romo. Yeah, so OBJ, like all of us, was kind of blown away by the news that Tony Romo was going to make $17 million a year, $17 million a year to broadcast games for CBS this coming season. And for, I think, a long-term deal. I think he got that guaranteed money. And OBJ tweeted, I'm done playing football. I just want to be an announcer now. Now, he was kidding, clearly, but the sentiment is shared. Michael Thomas, other players basically said, wait a second. How much is he making to talk about the game? What, what What is this? We're all in here fighting for a new CBA, and this guy's making $17 million a year. And like, I got to say, I understand the frustration. Are they crazy? Like, should they be maybe hanging it up in a year or two earlier to get into broadcasting? <laughs> I mean, Robo's really good at it. I think yeah, a lot of people course, don't like his style. I mean, look, I mean, I'm near $17 million a year for this podcast. So I, I know. understand the play, you know, the, what, what Robo's dealing with, all that money. It's hard to, to hide that money. I think this is on, a, on an actual serious note about why I think this happened. Um, there's going to be a giant arms race at these networks to get the NFL package when it comes up, right? Yeah. And. A couple things about why this is important. Is the NFL going to go with CBS because they have Romo? Just exclusively because they have Romo? No, but it helps, right? It helps your sell um, the network when you have Romo aboard, right? Because he's good at his job. People tune in, I think, to want to watch what he says and, and hear him break down a game. Helps with that. Secondly, it keeps him away from ESPN. ESPN made a strong push for him. ESPN wants a bigger NFL package, really Disney does, well, it's a bigger NFL package when the next go-around comes. If they had Romo on board and he was a Monday Night Football guy, maybe they get a Sunday Night Football package too, or maybe they get a, a Thursday package. And so with Romo not being an ESPN, it's worth it for CBS to keep him away from ESPN. I do think, I think people believe that the new NFL rights deal uh, for, 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 their, um, for their TV is going to go on the digital side. I, I kind of disagree a little bit. I think that, remember, we have a lot of older owners that are kind of, you know, big network TV guys, right? They grew up with network television. And with cord cutting, you still get to keep your network television, right? If you have the rabbit ears. The rabbit ear sales are going up. Uh, like kids, you know, kid, I almost say kids, but people our age game, right? The cord cut still keep ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox. I think we're going to see it go from like ESPN back to ABC. I think it's going to be like on ABC, Fox, CBS, NBC moving forward. A little bit of streaming stuff like Amazon does now on Thursday nights, but I think it's going to stay on those 
for networks mostly for this new deal. Maybe in a couple years, it moves over to more Amazon or Google or Verizon or whoever else wants it. But I think right now, it's going to stay on those four networks. Okay. I, uh, sorry, you took that to a place I wasn't prepared for. I didn't know oh. I was hosting a show with uh, Richard Deitch. So I, I wanted to know whether you thought... <laughs> I mean, Sorry. I mean, good Lord, man. I just wanted to hear whether you thought the players who were upset to see a former player make more money than them, uh, they're I, risking it, their asses while they fight for more... Con- I mean, but it is what it is. But like Michael Thomas said, no way the announcer should make more than 90% of the players. He then deleted the tweet. I don't know why, but I agree with him. I mean, listen, Tony Romo, get it, man. You're, you're one of the best in the game, and everything Jeff just said about, you know, cord cutting and blah, 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 all that's probably true. But what what the hell, man? How, how is it possible that a guy – I mean, it, shouldn't this make Tom Brady's decision easy? Just retire. You could go make a hell of a lot more money just yeah, sitting but, around with Jim Nance. Well, it does make guys like Drew Brees and Manny maybe Oh, my God. It. Drew Brees could walk right have, into $18 million. But, those guys have – even more money than Romo made in his career. Like, like they've made over 17. Romo didn't make this much money, right, in his career in, in one season. So they, they've they made more than him multiple years now. Like they don't need to make 17 million. Of course, they, they'd love to. But, like, they don't need to make 17 million. They can make 27 or 30 million playing in the NFL. I guess. I, since they don't need it, I think I'd much rather take half that, still make a ton, and just hang out next to Jim Nance rather than, you know, get beat up and lose my, you know, whatever. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> I, it just it feels like the the number is a little too high for players to swallow given the climate of this current CBA ne- negotiation. I just I thought it was puzzling and I I credit guys like Michael Thomas for speaking up and OBJ who was kidding but made a real point. So let's move along. Uh, I just mentioned a couple of them. I want to know veteran QBs who will be linked to the Raiders this offseason, or really specifically this week, because I feel like it's all we got to talk about. 6.5 veteran QBs being linked to them. I can give you your choices, but which of them do you think are going to get genuine talk as the next Raiders quarterback? Tom Brady, you say no. Uh, John uh, John Gruden is uh, spitting the media well right now, isn't he? I say Tom Brady linked to the Raiders. I mean, Dan Orlovsky already did, did it this morning on ESPN. Okay, so he's been linked. That's one. Yeah. You don't think there's any merit to it, though? No. Okay. Philip Rivers, what about him? Good fit? No. No. Do, do we understand that they have a quarterback still, right? Yeah, Derek like, Carr. Car- okay, he's, I just want to make sure we understand that. Like, he's under contract for next year. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, and I could argue he's better than any of these people, but that doesn't seem to be what people want to talk about in the mid- first week of March. So Mina was making that point that you know last season that Carr was better than all of these guys, maybe except actually statistically maybe worse than Tannehill, but that's not staying around. Okay, so then you get to Tannehill. So I, for whatever reason, after that magical run, no, that, no, I'm out of Tannehill. Nope. You're out, so that was just one hit wonder, kind of everything yes. lined up right for him for a few games. Yes. All right. So you wouldn't be reinvesting in Tannehill. You don't think no. maybe Vrabel just figured something out with the guy? No. Okay, wow. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, landed in a perfect situation, played his ass off for a mi- the middle stretch of the season and went from backup guy everyone likes to guy who has to be a starter in this league. So should he be the guy in Vegas? He will get paid by someone $30 million a year, but he won't be Vegas. Okay. I just keep Carr. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Jameis Winston, he worth replacing Carr with? Um. No, not not only for that offense, and I think the turnovers would drive Gruden just crazy. Okay, fair enough. I just keep Carr. And I'm just throwing this on here because it's one of the other names that people have mentioned. 
Will we hear Marcus Mariota linked to the Raiders? Um, maybe he's a backup. I don't. I don't see a lot of teams looking at Mariota as a start. I'm going to write about this on SB Nation this week. There's too many quarterbacks that are available. I think for jobs right now, and we're going to see uh, a lot of guys maybe left over for teams to pick through after after the draft. All right. Well, so he might. What be about one Tebow? Of those guys. Anyone concerned Tebow? Dude, he's smashing dingers down in the minors. Don't worry about Tim Tebow. Okay? Oh yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Do you want to just ignore facts? He hit, he hits a home run the first at bat of like every league he's in, and then just after that does nothing. D- did the ball still fly over the fence in left C- center? Congratulations. Well, I, I'm sorry. I, how many guys do you know that walk into professional baseball in their 30s and smash 400-foot opposite field home runs against professionals? Does that happen all the time? That wasn't a professional. He was a minor league pitcher. They don't pay those guys? Minor league people? No. What they're what are interns? They they pay them. They're professionals. That's what they do for a living. Yeah, those guys don't make a lot of money. Oh God! All right, last thing about you, because I guess we haven't done enough about your weird social life. Uh, I want to know time spent using TikTok for the rest of your life after your wife convinced <laughs> you to, to make the most joyous TikToks I've ever seen. I don't like TikTok, but I love Jeff Schwartz on TikTok. So how many more I, minutes are you going to use that app for? So I have actually haven't posted it yet. The one thing about TikTok that I don't like, by the way, is like whenever you click on it, it just videos just start playing. So like if your volume is not off your phone, Gotta if you're be careful. in public, it just like pops up. Head on a swivel. Um, I have two followers on my account now. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm not one of them yet. So you're I, about haven't, to have three. I haven't put together the video yet. I have like eight videos of me taking pass sets around, uh, around the hotel and resort. I have one in the pool. I have one in the beach and the water. Um, I'm going to put them together and do like a, a kick set. I don't know. I'll figure it out. But yeah, Meredith, Meredith was like, I want to do this video with you. I was like, all right, come on, babe. Let's do it. She did it in heels, by the way. And she nailed it. She nailed she it. was terrific. You were fine. She was great. She was great. <laughs> She's, I love her comment. She said, I'm, I'm way cuter than you. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder why. Yeah, I, I would imagine a lot of your fans were like, "Whoa, Jeff's wife!" Nice. But some of them had some weird comments. They're like, "Her footwork's not good." I'm like, "Guys, we, is that what we were really looking at?" <laughs> Again, I've mentioned this to you before. The internet likes people's feet. It's weird. They like to talk about feet, men and women. <laughs> it's just, it's just one of those things. So, uh, I, I will say this. I think you're already considering this, but the, you know, the drop back challenge, like this. I remember my good friends of mine created a thing in high school. This is now many, many years ago where they would just draw charges on people who weren't expecting it. So they would just <laughs> they would just plant their feet in the middle of a hallway and draw the charge. And then another guy would run up and blow the whistle and point the other direction. That's a great TikTok idea. It was it was really fun at the time. Uh, you could be the guy who in crowded places just gets into stance and then starts blocking people out of nowhere. And just see how that goes. That would be really funny. That would actually require me to like be in public more often than I am. Um, like my, I, I go to the grocery store very often. Like I'm going through TikTok right now, man. It's just here's one thing about TikTok. Is I was talking to my wife about this the other day. It's like I don't. There's actually not a purpose for me to do it. Like I'm not going to get any job or monetary value from it. I'm just going to have people like a video of mine. Like it just feels like sort of useless in, from what I do for a, a living. Yeah, I mean, that, the implication there is that anything we do is useful, which is debatable. But if you've made it this far in this podcast, then probably you're interested in some of what we've said. So here's what I would suggest. Keep that TikTok account a little bit longer because it's going to come in handy if we go eight wide at the EDM concert in May in Vegas with PFT 
and Paula Damn. Duca, and I, well, who else was coming? Sheck and Cousin who, Sal. Who, who, who knows? Maybe Mina coming. Kimes, Matt, and Zuri are coming along. It's going to be a fun night. Uh, so keep your TikTok account going till then. We got to see that night in action. <laughs> okay, I'll keep it. I'll keep it going. Are we the Marathon Tuesday podcast? Are we done? The Marathon Tuesday podcast. I, I got game. nothing left unless you want to no circle back to franchise tagging. No, we're not doing that. We've covered it all today. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, a little longer than usual on Tuesday. We'll be back next Tuesday. There are some got some things in the works oh, for yeah. Thursdays. It will be announced soon enough. We will be back with two episodes a week. It will happen soon enough. Uh, but right now, one a week. Uh, hoping to, to ramp that up very soon. We appreciate you guys listening, tuning in. Uh, thank you forever. Passed along my love of EDM to uh, the rest of the world. Uh, thank you guys for listening, of course. Uh, you can tweet me, leave a, a review, a comment, share. Fantastic. Have a great week, everyone. Talk to you guys next week. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.